Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, barbecuers of all ages, Cowboy Cav here welcoming you to the Man Meat Barbecue Show with your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is brought to you by Myron Mix and Smokers. Are you a caterer, a competitor, a barbecue enthusiast? Myron Mixon has the smoker for you. Check out all their styles at MyronMixonSmokers.com. And don't forget to tell them Mikey K sent you. Do you enjoy this podcast, our blogs? Well, join our growing community of friends over on Patreon and help support your favorite barbecue podcast. Also, don't forget to check out our YouTube page for lots of videos on different styles of barbecue, different recipes, and the entrepreneurship of barbecue. And now, Here's your host, Mikey K. What's up, guys? So we are bringing back Brian from Sonny's Barbecue um, back to the show. We had him on earlier, um, earlier, an earlier episode. So he is back to chat barbecue with us, man. How have you been since we last chatted? I've been excellent, man. Very busy, but uh, you know the world of world of barbecue it keeps growing every day. It, it it definitely does. It, it keeps growing. It keeps getting bigger. How how is the restaurant? The restaurants are doing great. Uh, in the last year, I think we talked uh, in late 2017. We did, yes, a while ago. Um, you know, we have been traveling a ton and working with our pitmasters and and you know <clears throat> re- reaffirming what we taught them and. Uh, you know, it's been good. Business is business is growing. That's what we want to do. So I want I'm going to start the the conversation off with this. Since barbecues got grown a little bit more, gotten a little bit bigger, what do you? How do you see the clientele changing as they get more information? You, you know, with the internet, with guys like you and me, with the TV shows, all of our our guests, which are our family. They learn more and more about barbecue, and they understand more and more, and they have questions. So, you know, one of the things that's had to, that we've had to do is we've had to train our pitmasters to go out and talk to the guests and, you know, learn how to share, uh, you know, our the what we do with everybody. So, you know, because we all want to learn. Yep, and then that I think that's, that's one of the things that um... – they may not – I mean I don't know that they really signed up for that when they <laughs> when they thought they were going to be attending a pit. You know what I mean? They didn't think like, hey, I have to go, have to go actually communicate with humans. Yeah, but I mean you know, you, you barbecue in the backyard and have a bunch of friends over, right? You do the same thing too. Yeah. So it's just on a different scale. I totally get it, man. And and since since we've last chatted, I've opened up I've opened up a catering company, and we've been we've been running and hauling and going good. And it's it's one of those things, man. You start, you know, you got to interact with the people and have a good time. Well, I'm sure, like, uh, you know, me, my favorite thing is when I get to walk outside of the kitchen, go chat with some of our customers, see the smiles on their face, you know, have. You know, catch them eating a rib, and then, you know, yeah, he's got sauce all over their face and a big old smile. There's nothing better than that. No, there's nothing better than somebody than watching somebody enjoy your food and be like, wow, that happened because of my hard work. Exactly. Exactly. So, how many restaurants have you guys opened since? 
Have you guys have you guys expanded at all? We've actually been doing a bunch of remodeling to our current restaurants. Ooh. And, uh, we That's always fun. When we're working on a brand new store right now, so uh, <clears throat> we're starting to starting to go down the line and starting to open up some new stores. So now, as in remodel, are you guys just kind of giving it a facelift, giving it a little bit of an update? Oh yeah. So um, <clears throat> our new our new uh, restaurants, our remodels, they're a lot more open, a lot more modern, uh, more. You know, we were trying to bring the smoker up front so people can actually see the food going in and coming out of the smoker, you know, smell that smoke, see it. Uh, we're putting in bars uh, right in the middle of the dining room to give a energy zone. So our customers feel energized and want to come to our restaurant. So we're doing a whole lot of stuff, you know, and, and like you said, a facelift outside. So it looks totally different. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's, you know, awesome. It gives the, it gives the customer a new experience, especially with the smoker coming to the forefront and people, like you said, you know, they're, they're becoming more interested in that. That was the question that I kind of asked it in it um, with them becoming more interested. They kind of want to see that process. They want to see, they want to see the, uh, the magic behind the scenes. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And that has to be, that has to be very interesting considering I think it's a really interesting era in restaurants right now with, how people want to see their food kind of being prepped and and they're 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 much more interested in hap- in what's happening in the kitchen than they kind of ever were before. Oh yeah. Yeah. People I think people today they want to there's so much information out there that they want to know what's in their food. You know, it goes past of just just what's going, you know, the ingredient and cooking. They want to know is it healthy? You know, is there any preservatives? There's so many things that, that our customers want to know. Yeah. That's a big one. You know, how's it being pri- – like what what ingredients are you using? Are you using tons of sugar? Are you – you know, what, what – how are you making this magic happen in a way? <laughs> exactly. And then you can go one step further and, you know, there's, there's a lot of customers that they really care about eating local. So – you know, do you use local ingredients? You know, are you partnered with farmers? And you know that and that stuff's really, really cool. Now, are you guys are you guys partnered with any farmers? How how do you guys do that? Being you being that you guys are a, a bigger chain restaurant, right? You don't mm-hmm. you're not like that small little one stop mom and pop. You 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 got a lot of locations, and you want to have that consistent product throughout everything what do you guys do to kind of what do you guys do in that situation you know you know the the pork industry is you know really only owned by a few large companies and being our size we have to use those companies which you know they're really good at what they do um they're really safe and uh you know the small little farms for for you know to get pork butts and ribs are you know, as you probably know, it's hard hard to do that. Yep. You know, the product's usually smaller or inconsistent. So for what we do, we have to deal with the larger companies. Now, we, we try to deal with um, organizations like Certified Angus Beef. Which is fantastic. Uh, we're, yeah, we're a partner with theirs. So that's if you come into our restaurant, that's the only beef you're going to have from us. And <clears throat> they have really strict guidelines and partnerships and 
I don't know if you know, but the average number of cattle, you know, on a on a beef ranch is is ten to I think it's ten to twenty, which if you think about it, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And then they come to these large feedlots and get finished finished fed, and then you know go into these factories, and you know out comes you know our our certified Angus beef briskets and. You know, then we get our certified Angus beef burgers, which, you know, great products and, you know, they, they just care about their product and it's superior and that's what we look for. Now, what made you guys decide that certified Angus beef was the right, right route to go? Besides, I mean, they're fantastic, but, <laughs> you know, when, when you guys were thinking about it, like, which way would you go or what, what made you guys kind of? So we, we've used other product in the past and. You know, we uh, we we we're we're trying to grow as a brand every second we can, get the best product for our customer, and we uh, met some of the certified Angus beef folks, and um, <clears throat> we were able to go out to their headquarters and learn more about them, and they just care so much about their product. We got to go meet a couple of the ranchers that were local to them. Um, I got to meet a local rancher that was about an hour from Orlando, um, and <clears throat> everybody sings the same tune, and they just care so much about the product, and just like us, they care about consistency. Yeah. So we felt that it was it's, it was the right choice, and after being with them for almost a little over two years now, it's it's been a fantastic partnership. Hey, I mean that—that's fantastic. Um, uh, certified Angus Beef has always shown us nothing but love, and they're—they're they're, they're fantastic humans, um, and they are—they really—they really do some great things. And it's very—it's very interesting and unique. It's a very interesting and unique way uh, to see how they how they do their business and how they how they kind of um, are able to help people e- e- even at your you know at your guys's large large scale all the way down to the smallest barbecue restaurant that they're in. They oh, yeah. don't kind of treat anyone any different, which I think is super cool. Well, plus the other crazy thing is certified Angus beef. They don't own any cattle. No, they don't. They're organization. They're a marketing organization. Exactly. So it, it's really cool that they can focus on what they need to focus on and not running ranches. And then the other cool thing that they also do, if you've, obviously you know but some of the listeners may not is they will help you guys like they will help people with their menus and getting getting their menu kind of straight and if if they need help with food costs and all that stuff they really do they help with that a lot they have they have world-class um chefs that that work at their headquarters and they have a full i mean they have scientists they have butchers they they have a beautiful kitchen and you know they, like you said, they help you from A to D, all the way through the process. And they, yeah, and they make sure that you are, you know, you're you're taking care of a hundred and ten percent. And I think that's that's very very important when it comes to to somebody who's providing you such an important part of your your business. Oh yeah, you know the other thing is the longevity. They last year was our fiftieth anniversary, which. Yep. There's only a few restaurant chains that have hit 50 years, and it's it's it was CAB's 40th anniversary. So that was kind of cool for both of us. We were celebrating huge milestones. 
That that is completely true. I mean, you guys hitting fifty. I mean, how many restaurants do you really know that hit that? Uh, you, know? Uh, you know, McDonald's and a few others. <laughs> <laughs> there's just yeah. not very many. It, it, it's no, a hard game. And and you know, well, the way we look at it is, who's going to be around in another fifty years? That that's our goal. Is yeah, know, if we can make it to a hundred years, that that's going to be awesome. That's I mean, that's phenomenal. That's like rock star status forever. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, that's why we're remodeling and that's why we changed our buildings and, you know, we're, we're trying to improve our food every day, you know, add new items. So, you know, it takes all, it, it takes changing. You can't, you can't be past and, and not look forward. So what are some of the new items that you guys have, have added to the uh, menu? So we, right now, uh, it's actually going to be coming out soon, so I can't release that yet, but we have really cool, exciting, uh, just different menu items because, you know, in the past we've been, you know, what type of brisket, pulled pork, sliced pork, ribs, chicken can I get you? So now we're going to be having some different type of burgers and, you know, some different options, so um, it's going to be really cool. So in the next couple months, people will see that some cool, some cool new options. I, yep. I think that, that is, that's fantastic. It's always kind of giving, you know, having those staples and making sure that the people that, um, have been coming to you for years still, still get their, get, you yep. know, get their love, but at the same time, kind of expanding to a new audience and, and giving them, giving them something new to try too. And I'm sure some of those people will also try some new things. Cause you, you know, oh, after yeah. you go somewhere so many times, you're like, you know what? I do love the ribs here, but I kind of want to try this. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, you know, I love the ribs, but you know, I'm still a little hungry. Maybe I'll get some, uh, you know, we, we tried some, we did a promotion with uh, these donut holes, uh, and a sweet tea glaze. Okay. Dipping sauce. And, Oh man, they are unbelievable. Great response from our guests, and you know the other hot thing right now is tater tots, and we did a loaded loaded tater tot, um, and whew, I mean, who doesn't off, love tater tots? Who doesn't love the tater tot? You know what I mean? It's oh. just such a such a fantastic way to eat a potato. Exactly, and you know, for forever and ever, we we have crinkle cut fries. That's you know, that's what we've had. And, you know, just adding tater tots is like people are like, whoa, I love tater tots. Well, it's kind of funny. Whenever I'm at a restaurant and somebody's like, what sides do you want? And it's like, do you guys have tater tots? And they're like, we have tater tots. And you're, <laughs> you like do this little dance. You're like, yes, tater tots. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like it's almost kind of dumb, but it's like, yeah, tater tots. It goes with barbecue and, and burgers. That is for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so let me ask this kind of question with, with you guys kind of doing all this, all this menu experimentation and stuff like that. Have there been anything that you guys did try that you guys were like, you know what? Nope. We're not going that route. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we did some testing and one of the things that didn't make the cut was definitely, uh, we tried an iced tea float <laughs> and you know, it may not sound good, but it was pretty good, but our guests just didn't want to try it. <laughs> but if you if you haven't tried it, you got to make one at home. It, 
make a little sweet tea, a little lemonade, and some vanilla ice cream. They're good. They are definitely good. Wait, wait, wait. Explain that one more time. So put uh, vanilla ice cream and then do half sweet tea and half lemonade. Okay. And and we call it a sweet tea float. Okay. And it's, it may not sound great, but it is excellent. I, I think that could sound that could sound good. Yeah, but you know it's a, it was a little too outside the box for us, and it just didn't, it didn't work. So we'll uh, we'll put that up on the shelf for maybe some time in the future. <laughs> was it just that people um, just didn't repl- like kind of like when there was testing going on, people were like, eh, you know what, I don't know. Yeah, we we didn't get a lot of folks to try it. They just they didn't think it sounded good. So, okay. Uh, that was so really the main problem. Just the nerve wreck of being like, mm, I don't know if I want to buy it before. Yeah, I don't know. I want yeah. somebody else to try it before I do. Exactly. <laughs> and I think I think that's crazy. Like if you, if you look at the restaurant industry and you look at you look at things like that, it's like, man, you want to put something on a menu, and if people don't buy enough of it, you can't be like, well, we got to keep it. Yeah. Like that's just like the worst thing you can do for a restaurant. Is <laughs> it? Yeah. Because then you're basically just losing money. Yep. It's, you know, and especially when you have so many restaurants that. Oh, yeah. When you think about it, if it's a special item that your your distributor brings in just for you, then it's a whole new problem. Because if you don't move enough, you're responsible for that product. And if it goes bad, you're responsible to pay for it. So it's a whole nightmare. Yeah. And I mean. Do you guys, when you guys roll out a new menu item, do you roll it out across all the stores or do you guys kind of do each different market? Uh, we will, so we'll do a, or test. a little bit of both. We'll do a test and then a, a multiple store test and then we'll roll it out to the whole chain. Okay. And that's, I mean, yeah. that's, that's probably when it is a little bit scary when you're rolling it out to the whole chain. Cause you're like, God, I hope every market accepts it the same way. Yeah, yeah. So that that's a big thing is uh, when you are testing is to make sure you hit all your markets in, in the test to make sure that you know it does work across the board. Yep, and that that's you know that's always I'm sure nerve wracking and and a lot of number crunching and making sure that everything is is proper. Well, and then you know when when it doesn't work, you know it works in one market like. It just it just sells gangbusters, but in another market doesn't sell hardly. You're like, what? Like, it's amazing how different people are. Oh, each in, market, in right? Market. It's unbelievable. Now, what do you guys do? What do you guys kind of do in that kind of situation when you guys have so many? Like, you know, this market's loving it and can't get enough of it, and then it's like this market. It's just not moving. Do you just choose like if it's, you know, does it just not go? Is it like a mm, we're gonna cut it completely? And then do you ever yeah, get that? Yeah. Do you ever get that backlash from that one market being like, why did you guys take that off the menu? You know, it, it definitely is. If it's so big of a hit in one market, you know, we'll, we'll probably run a, you know, an off-menu special with it and okay. see if for long term if it actually stays hot or if it was just a short-term type of kick so definitely more research yeah see that that's cool you guys are you guys are willing to adjust and adapt 
I think that's exactly. that's super cool that a lot of big corporations don't want to do. You know, they don't oh, yeah. want to they don't want to adjust and adapt. They just want to they want to be right and be, you know, completely even. And I think the hard thing that you look at is sometimes those people loved that and that's why they were coming to your, you know, coming to your restaurant. And at the same time, like you like you said a little bit was, you know, is it just selling cuz it's new and hot right now and then it'll kind of fizzle off and lose its kind of lose its its lack it'll become like lackluster kind of in a way and that i think that's kind of really important for a lot of people to hear because sometimes they think oh my god it's selling really really well let's leave it on the menu and then in six months they're they're still going well it was selling really well we can't take it off and it's like yeah exactly yeah you can you gotta you gotta get rid of that like it's not selling anymore exactly exactly now for your catering company do you have a set menu or are you kind of Whatever the customer's looking for, you will. So we do. We do have a set menu, but you're able to pick different options for it. Um, and then we also do uh, we also do pop ups and stuff like that, where we pop up as a restaurant inside of a brewery and uh, serve for the night. And then we have a we kind of go on a on a quarterly different um, menu for that. So each quarter we change up the menu a little bit. That way you're you're not getting too much of the exact same thing. You know, it's not always when we roll in, it's not always gonna be your pulled pork sandwiches and you know, pulled chicken and stuff like that. And just you know what I mean? You we always kinda wanna have something fun and a little bit exciting. Oh yeah. <clears throat> that that's the that's the coolest part. You kinda create a a shelf of different items yep. that you can go back to or, you know, look promote forward and yeah, really cool stuff. And the cool thing is we, we can look at all of our numbers in our in our software and say, okay, well, um, you know, when we were at this place, you know, ribs didn't sell twice. Yeah. So maybe maybe that area isn't – ribs aren't we're, – we're not going to do ribs over there. But like at this brewery, ribs were, you know, cranking each time we were there and we were just selling out of ribs. So it's just one of those things where – you got to kind of like kind of like you guys just it's I guess it's in a way a little bit different because you know we're always the ones moving and you guys kind of have more standard brick and mortar um yeah. it, it's always trying to figure out which market is going to do what's going to do well in each market and you know like you said rib, ribs are probably the most difficult not only are they they expensive cost wise yep you know, the handling of them, you know, the care for them and, and, you know, you don't want to reheat product. So, nope. you know, you want to sell out, you know, of ribs when you take it and chicken, you know, for sure. So yep. that's the hardest thing is kind of forecasting what you need. And I think that's a, something that a lot of people don't understand. And, you know, like you said, we have brick and mortar, so we have year over year over year data on a lot of our restaurants and, and we can kind of see what they've done in the past and what growth rate we're at. So we can, we can forecast what we need to cook for, you know, tomorrow. Yeah. And I think you like, like you're saying, dude, that's, that's one of the hardest things for ribs is they're delicate. They're, they're not, uh, you don't want them to tighten up on you. You don't want them to get cold. You want, you know, you want them to be at a good temperature all the time. And you want them to be at a good freshness all the time. And you got to make sure that you don't either overcook. And, and the, the, I mean, the only other option is really undercooking. 
Yeah. And I don't mean undercooking temperature wise, guys. I mean undercooking amount wise, right? So yeah. what what we we tend to do is we rather sell out than be exactly. stuck with tons of product that nobody wants, you know? And and that's hard for the customers to understand. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it's hard for them to to envision that it takes three hours to cook ribs and chicken. And it takes, you know, four, three, four hours for turkey and 12 hours for brisket and pork, you know, and four hours for pork collars. It, it's hard for them to, to understand that. They just think we have food ready for everybody. So yeah. explaining that this – the product takes time to prep and, you know, to smoke. And then, you know, sorry that we sold out, you know, call us before you come in tomorrow. You know, we'll save you some, you know, that type of stuff. It's, 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 it's a difficult thing to, to tell customers that. Absolutely. And they, it's almost like they, they're almost like, well, why didn't you just cook more? Yeah. And, it, and at some, some, some capacities, it's like, well, you know, we filled the smoker to the most that we possibly could. Yep. And then we just didn't have any more room. Oh, yeah. To give you a good product. And they're like, exactly. we'll buy a bigger smoker. It's like, yeah, I don't think you <laughs> quite get it. <laughs> yeah. No, you're, you're – it, it's an art talking to a guest. Is definitely oh, yeah. An art. It's like, you know, I'm really, really sorry. I'd really – you know, I appreciate you wanting the ribs or I appreciate you wanting, wanting you know, this – but we're sold out right now, and I'm I'm really really sorry. And and I think that's something that is really difficult um, up here, up in the north. Most people are not used to hearing that answer. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I went to school up in, in New England, and there's not a lot of barbecue up there. Yep. So people aren't, and and if you say barbecue, it's grilled chicken and grilled burgers in the backyard, you know, corn on the cob. They're not used to all these proteins that we cook. So, you know, it is, you have to teach them. Yeah. And, and I, I think that that's, that's something like that. They don't, like you said, they don't, they just don't understand it. You had, there's a whole nother level of customer, uh, not knowledge, but, uh, education, you know what I mean? Yep. Like telling them being like, Hey guys, like our, our ribs take five hours. Yep. Like that, that's how long our ribs take. And, and, you know, from start to finish, it's, it's five hours. Um, and it, it, it's like, they're like, what do you mean? It's five hours. It's like, well, that's how long it took, you know? And it's like yeah. our, our pork shoulders took thirteen hours for you. Yep. And they just don't yep. they, they don't get that. They they don't understand it. They don't understand it. But you know, if you can convert them and show them that, they become a customer for life and they understand. Oh yeah. So when you give them that rib and say, you know, that took three hours or for you guys five hours, but we took time and we wrapped it and we put our seasonings on it. Yep. And we are our sweet sauce and let it just get happy in that smoke bath and they get that taste and they're like, Oh, this is so good. All these, all these flavors are coming together and making that perfect bite. And then boom, right there, you have them for life. Absolutely. I mean, I got, 
I, I remember one of our first pop-ups that we did um, a while ago, and we ended up – we did ribs for it, and I was kind of nervous about it. I was I was very nervous, to, to tell you the truth about it. I was like, I really hope these ribs sell out. I hope they sell out. I just don't – you know, I don't want to be stuck with a bunch of ribs. Oh, yeah. uh, and I ended up we, – we ended up selling out, selling out of ribs and a couple other items that night, which was fantastic – but one of the guys came up and he ordered ribs and, you know, he comes back and he's like, hey, I really just want to um, – I want to talk to you about the ribs. He's like, how do you do them? Like how do you – he's like, how do you make them? And I'm like, oh. So like I started like nerding out and going total barbecue. You know what I mean? Like giving him <laughs> – telling him how – I'm like, well, we use our – you know, we use our house-made seasoning. We do this, that, blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, this is how we finish them and all this stuff. And he was like, man – He's like, it sounds like you put a lot of love and care into it, so it breaks my heart to do this. And I'm like, oh god, I'm like, what? He's like, they just, weren't. he's like, I just, I didn't like them. And I'm like, oh. oh, I'm like, I'm really sorry to hear that. Blah, blah blah. He's like, so I'm gonna need another four orders. And he was just totally fucked, like totally messing with me. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm gonna need another four orders. That's funny. And I'm like, okay. You. you- you went from zero to hero. Yeah, you know what I mean? But it was like <laughs> terrifying. You know what I mean? Like when he's doing that and I'm just like, touche, my good sir. Okay. <laughs> You're like, you had me on my knees right yeah. now, my friend. <laughs> like you had me thinking that I messed up. And he was like, no. He's like, dude, these are some of the best ribs I've ever had. He's like, I love them. They're fantastic. He goes, and he's like, and he's like, the way you talk about them just makes makes it sound like you you put so much love into them. And I'm like, yeah. That was the point. <laughs> and that's what I, – I don't know. Did you come from competition barbecue? Is that how you got started I, I in the didn't, barbecue? No, world? I didn't come from competition. I didn't know. So, so that's actually – you know, my background's finance and, and, you know, cooking on the side was a hobby. Yeah. And, you know, competition barbecue is very, you know, touchy and, you know, we're only cooking small amounts of food to turn in and, yep. you know, it happens perfect and you know when i started going from cooking competition to you know this you know being the head pit master for sunnies and teaching you know there's a big difference between cooking four racks of ribs and cooking 50 racks at once <laughs> there's a, and, there's a big difference and what people don't understand and it took me forever is <clears throat> you know if they try our competition food it blows their socks off to next week. But even when we're cooking 50 racks of ribs, our competition way, even though we can't give them as much care as the four racks, it's still the best food they've ever eaten. And that is the hardest thing for all these competition guys to understand is say our worst product one day is the best product they've ever eaten. So, that that's something kind of because that was something. I, every time I cooked, I was like, "Man, this food is not up to par for me." But what I didn't realize is it was really good. <laughs> I I think you I think I think what a lot of people struggle with is the fact you know when you go when you go from the backyard cooking right and you go from cooking two or three racks and really giving it so much attention. Yep. And then you're like, okay, well, now I got to go to mass scale. Two or three racks isn't going to feed anybody. 
You know, yeah. it, it's going to feed five people. It ain't going to feed, you know, it ain't going to feed the hundred people that are coming through the restaurant every day or more. And, and you know, that's, that's during my pit master classes, you know, the first thing, you know, who has a thermometer here? Does everybody have a thermometer? Cause that is your best friend. Yeah. And, and you need to check every piece of chicken, every rib, every pork button, every turkey, and every brisket. Because if you don't, one's going to be underdone if you if you check one. Oh, it's done? They're not all done. I don't care how good you are. But every piece of meat's different. I think that's another hard thing that people people struggle with is they'll tempt one thing and then they'll pull everything. Yep. And yep. it's like it, it takes time. But it's like, why are you pulling everything? Oh, well, I'm pulling everything because, you know, it, it it's all done. And it's like, you didn't temp everything, though. Yep. But I, but I temp this one. <laughs> yeah, but that one was on the top rack on the right side by the firebox, and it's hotter over in that area. So, yeah, that one should be done first. <laughs> it, it's, it's human nature. It's shortcuts. That that is that is definitely true. That is definitely true. That's it's the shortcuts that they're taking that you can't. You know what I mean? It's barbecue. There are no shortcuts. And I mean, I don't even know how many times I've had it where like the chickens have been right next to each other, and yep. I've tempt one, you know, tempt one chicken, and I'm temping, you know, one seventy, and then my next chicken that I'm temping, I'm temping one fifty. Yeah. And I mean that pit's not, you know, I mean they're right next to each other. The pit's not that drastic in difference in temperature. It's just that chicken happened to cook a little faster that day. Uh, how much moisture was in it? Was the skin all the way around? Yep. You know, the chicken breast or, you know, was it punctured? You know, did you, you know, there's so many there's so many different factors. Yep. Barbecue. And and then then the same thing with I mean shoulders. Shit, you'll put two shoulders right next to each other. One decides to stall for an hour, and the other yep. one doesn't at all. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. And you're just like, how the what the? <laughs> They're in the same element. Yeah. They're just two different animals. Exactly. And I, I exactly. think for you guys, like on that great scale, it, that's probably one of the hardest things to really teach across every single restaurant because it's <laughs> like. That's thousands of pork shoulders a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, you know, people don't want to, you know, you, you got pork butts on, you know, we cook on Southern Prides and Old Hickories um, just because cooking on that much food is you almost have to. And uh, you, you have, you know, say 20 pork butts on overnight, you know, for your lunch shift. You know that that's that's four or five different racks. So yep. You know, as you pull butts off, you know, and you need to put new butts on for the night shift. You need to move those butts. But who wants to move butts to the racks when they're not done? You know, you don't you don't want to get dirty. You know, you don't you know how it is, and you don't want to burn yourself a little bit. Yeah, exactly. But it suffers. The product suffers, and the guest suffers. 
the funny thing is, like, I don't think people quite understand. They're like, uh, I, I, you know, I'm like, I got a couple, I, I do have a couple, you know, burns on my hands and, and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> burns on the arms, which is pretty oh, much yeah. just your, your, your standard barbecue things. And, um, it's like, oh, they're like, you seared, you know, cause I'll be playing inside the firebox and doing, moving something. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you, you, you know, you seared off some of your arm hair, you know, <laughs> obviously you don't know what you're doing. No, I do know what I'm doing. It's just hot. I'm playing with fire. Yeah. Like, yeah. you ever hear that term? You're playing with fire. You might get burned. It's, I mean, it's kind of true. <laughs> you know, and, and that's the other thing a lot of people don't understand is just like the different meats, wood, every piece of wood's different too. Yeah. Some wood might just not burn. It might burn dirty, and you don't want that log in there. Yep. Um, you know. I got to go to Tuffy Stone's uh, first barbecue class he did. And, you know, the, the thing I remember is all of a sudden we, he had two jambos out there. And we, were, we were cooking uh, the big meats. And all of a sudden you see him just turn around and run towards the firebox. And he grabs a log out of the, out of the firebox. And we're all looking at him like, man, you're crazy. What the heck did you just do? He's like. Didn't you guys smell that? That smoke was not good. And I was like, man, that's a guy that knows his fire right there. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it's so. definitely true. I mean, sometimes sometimes you have a log that it, it didn't uh, – the moisture didn't come out of it quite as, quite as well as the other ones did or it just was going bad. You know, yeah. something in it just was not proper. The oils were not coming out of it properly and it, it just wasn't right. Yep. And it could yep. be an imbalance in the tree. The tree could have been sick. Um, yep. There's so many different things that you, that could be, you know, could be, you know, causing that. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> you know, you, you can kind of tell, too, as you're putting logs in is, you know, is it the right weight? You, you kind of, yep. when, when you cook that much, you know what that wood should feel like and look like. So, you know, that definitely helps. It's actually kind of funny you saying that. It's like you know, until we found our good a good wood supplier, uh, which was a nightmare kind of up here. We we had a couple different people that were like, "Oh, I'm a great wood supplier. Let me deliver." And you know, they deliver, and I would take a piece and I'd drop it, and I'd hear and I'd listen to it, and the guy's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm listening to your wood. Hold on." And he's like, "They just look at me like there's something wrong with this human." Yeah. <laughs> and there was like two guys that I lit like one guy like dropped wood. And I'm like, that's not well seasoned for me. I go, give me another piece and let me make sure it's not just this piece. Yeah. And yeah. I dropped it. It just sounded, it sounded heavy. It sounded clunky. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't, it didn't sound seasoned well, but like the way I want it. And I know that people are now listening to this podcast and probably being like, okay, this person's a psycho. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, dude, I can't buy your wood. I'm like, you can't use this. You're, and he's you're like, looking. You're looking for a certain flavor to come off that wood. Yep. And if there's too much moisture in it, that food's going to be different than what you want, and it's going to get too dark as well. Yep. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. Yeah. It, it's dry. And, and, and um, dry wood sounds lighter because it is. There's not, yep. as much, there's not as much moisture in it. Exactly. So um, it's lighter. It feels lighter. It makes us like a tinnier hit when it hits the ground. Um, 
and it, I dropped it. On, I always drop it on concrete because yeah. um, I've learned the concrete sound off of it. So I, I've kind of taught my ear to listen to that. And people literally look at me like I'm crazy, though. And, and the other thing is, that's even different from the wood that you would go to Home Depot and buy. You know, the barbecue wood that they have. Yep. Or that stuff's gone through kilns and is really dry. <laughs> Exactly, and that's a, that's another thing. Is like the kiln drying is it, it's a different. It's also different than just sitting outside and and drying yeah. in the elements because in the exactly. elements it kind of it it hardens a little bit more and it doesn't the, the the moisture doesn't get pushed out of like it does get pushed out of it but it doesn't get pushed out of it quite as fast as the kiln drying wood does and that's the kind of stuff that really pops a little bit more. Because yeah. it leaves bigger air holes in it. Oh, yeah. Now we're just nerding out yeah. on wood, and people are like, wow. <laughs> but it's important. It, it's it's super important. important to make sure that, that you know, making make sure that you have that clean smoke. And, like, I mean, that's why Tuffy ran, right? He was like, dude, this is important. This yeah. is a very important part of it's, – it's, it's part of your flavor profile. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people forget that – Wood is a flavor profile, and when yeah. and they exactly. and they don't think about it as a seasoning for their meat. They're like, "Oh, I just cook over this," and it's like, "You just it's cook over that." Important. It is. It's the base of the flavor profiles, right? You know? Yeah, it's what sets everything up from there. And you know, the other thing a lot of people don't know is, you know, when you wrap your meats at the stall point, you know, in foil. Yep. You know. If you have a dirty fire, you'll see that foil is not going to be as clean when it comes out. It's going to be goldish tint to it, and that shows that it's not a clean fire. You'll see it. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Or if you get that, like God, I and I say it the the black foil. Yeah, that comes out, and you're like, oh, dude, you did not <laughs> run a clean fire yeah. at all. Yeah. Like, why yeah. is that so dirty? Oh, dude, it's just it's just from you know it's because it, it, it's the heat. No, <laughs> no, it ain't. Or or you're driving down the back roads and you know how there's always those little guys cooking on the side of the road and there's just smoke pouring out of the stacks. Oh, it's just and, pillowing. You know, that's what everybody you know remembers from from their childhood and and you know no, that's not good. You want that nice clear blue smoke coming out of there. And, you know, you don't want it billowing. And, I mean, the crazy thing is, like, when people the like when people come and see our pit and, like, come see us cook and, and stuff like that or when we cook on site, um, the, the, that's the biggest question that I always get asked. How come there's no smoke coming out of your pit? Are you sure you're smoking? <laughs> and I go, Isn't that crazy? And I'm like, well, I'm like, wait, what? And they're like, how come there's no – like, I don't see any smoke. They're like, why isn't there any smoke? And I'm like, you don't want to see smoke. <laughs> there is. You just don't see it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, you don't want to see smoke. I'm like, you want that nice, clean fire. And yeah. they're like, I don't get it. But it, but it's a smoker. I should see smoke. And I'm like, no. We're not burning down a house. Yeah. Or, or barbecuing. <laughs> you want to see that nice, beautiful blue, either blue smoke or I mean, if you can get it crystal clear, um, that is that is always the best. 
Um, I find sometimes the hardest part for me when we're smoking in the winter is even though we get that nice clean smoke, as it goes up a little bit, it cools down so much. So then it starts to turn. And I always freak out a little bit because I'm always like, oh, God, is that clean or not? But then it's like, yeah, it's clean. It's just negative three degrees outside. So, Yeah, that, that's cold. It, it cool, you know what I mean? It'll cool down oh, pretty yeah. quick as it comes out of those smokestacks, especially if there's a, if there's a really good wind. Um, mm-hmm. As soon as it goes like a, you know, five, ten feet from the smoker, it starts to kind of not look quite as clean. Oh yeah, yeah, it's definitely different. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and, and that that's a huge thing. I mean, um, it, it is it it's it's just learning your fire and learning learning your cooking process, and making sure that you're you're give, you're doing it justice, right? You're doing you're doing the right things. Yeah, yeah. So what uh, besides? I know you said the menus are kind of kind of getting a new revamp. Anything else new that you can tell us about? You know, there's a you know we're actually it's National Barbecue Month uh, in May. Yep. Uh, so we do have a couple specials that we we are running, and you know May first we'll have uh, you know we we do uh, all you can eat chicken, but. We have a special price on May first at six ninety nine. All you can eat chicken, so you know there's there's not many places you can you can get chicken for that cheap. So and there's that's not many places a, you can get anything for that cheap. Yeah, so that's going to be a huge huge day for us. And then uh, May sixteenth is our Founders Day, um, so we're doing a five dollar original sliced pork big deal combo. So again, two huge days that we'll have all of our restaurants just slammed all day. <laughs> you know, kind of our our teams will be by the end of the day they'll be like, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that that's awesome. Though. That that's kind of what you want, right? You want those oh, yeah. days where you're um, you're doing really really well and you got people coming through the door every minute and product is going and moving and you're, and, and you're making money and you're having a good time. Yeah. You know, the big thing for us is, you know, our, our customers are, are so awesome. And, you know, it, it's like, you know, we're in our backyard, you know, having a barbecue and having fun and, you know, we want to give back to them. So that's why, you know, we've, we started last year doing these days of, of, you know, giving back to our customers and, you know, they help us all year long, so you know we want to give them a, a fun night, you know that they can remember about the past and you know what's what's more iconic than you know the all you can eat chicken at Sunny's. So you know it, it's it's just a really really fun time, and we get to see a lot of customers, and it's just a great great days. Hey man, I, I think that's fantastic. I think that's really really cool what you guys are doing, and Sunny's is an awesome barbecue restaurant. Um, it's a beautiful chain. You guys are really doing a, a killer job representing barbecue and, and having a good time and, and supporting, you know, supporting the communities by feeding people and doing that. Um, so I want to say thank you so much for, you know, coming on the podcast again, hanging out with us, chatting more barbecue. Um, 
if you can do me a favor, can you tell everyone where they can find you guys on the on the internet? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, uh, barbecue.com, You know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Sunny's BBQ. Dude, thank thank you so much. And I like to kind of wrap this podcast up a little bit different of a way. If you could go back to the beginning of your barbecue career with all the information that you know right now and give yourself three tips, what would they be? You know, the, <clears throat> that, that's, a, that's a tough question. But, you know, the, the three things I'd probably change is, you know, <clears throat> learning. I would try to gain as much knowledge as I can from every single person that I know that, that's a barbecue guy instead of trying to learn it all yourself because that there's so you can learn forever and not still not know everything about barbecue. Yeah. You know, the second thing is, you know, don't don't try to stay boxed into, you know, one area. You know, for example, you know, if, if your area is just about pork, give them brisket. <laughs> yeah, as people as people learn about stuff, they they love it, and and you know, we're mostly in the south, and south is all about pork. But man, we've we've you know grown and grown our our brisket sales, and you know someday brisket and pork down here is going to be just even you know it's going to it's going to be a normal thing and uh thirdly is if i could have you know done like you podcast or you know some of these other blogs and and you know connected people together it's such a cool way to meet people Hey, man, I want to say thank you so much for, uh, once again, coming on the podcast, hanging out with us and chatting barbecue, man. It was a pleasure to uh, to get to catch up with you and chat. Thank, thank you for having us, and hopefully we can do it in another year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>